Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 172. Today is February 8th, 2016. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, another torturous day in the stock market. Investors Business Daily moved the current market status to market incorrection. We're going to briefly talk about that today. Although we're not going to dwell on it because there's no new information, the same things that we've been saying for, you know, a good six months now or longer still apply. In today's episode, I want to uh, try and get in a topic that I wanted to cover last year before the end of the year. I got bogged down and didn't get around to it. So we're going to talk about an inspirational lecture that was given after the Civil War. It's entitled Acres of Diamonds that was given by Russell Conwell. As today's episode progresses, you'll understand why I'm going to talk about that today and what the significance of it is. So it's definitely something you're going to want to listen to. Although for those of you that are only interested in the stock market or only specifically interested about trading, I'm not going to talk about that today other than the market review. So although the topic of today's episode doesn't specifically deal with the stock market, I think it is going to be very relevant to those of you that want to build wealth, and so you're going to want to listen to it. But before we get to that, let me bring up a couple housekeeping announcements. And the first item on the agenda is that I'm most likely going to be in the vicinity of Seattle, Washington, and Portland, Oregon in the next month or so. Now, the trip isn't 100% confirmed yet. But I just wanted to throw this out there. If there are any listeners that would like to get together, either one of those cities or, you know, surrounding suburbs of those areas to do a wealth steading meetup, I'd be happy to make that happen as long as it can, you know, coordinate with people's schedules. So if you're near Seattle or near Portland and you might be available in the next month or so, let me know through wealthsteading.com. And when I get firmed up dates, I'll email you and we can see if this is something that we can put together. I'm not envisioning anything fancy here. We'd most likely meet up at a restaurant that's nearby the hotel I'm staying at or perhaps at the hotel bar lounge, something along those lines. Just a very informal meeting. If it's something you're interested in, let me know. We'll see if we can put it together. The other item I wanted to bring up is an opportunity for a summer job. And this is not for the faint of heart, but oftentimes you'll hear me tell stories about how my kids have put themselves through college and people ask, well, how did that happen? How did they do that? Well, there's several steps they've taken to do that, but it really all boils down to the same message of building wealth that I preach here in the podcast, and that's that you first have to learn to earn and to save. And so I drilled that into my kids' minds from the time they were babies. I set that expectation into them that their dad wasn't going to give them things, that they had to work for what they wanted, and if they wanted to go to college, they had to save and prepare for it. So as little kids, they saved their money. They had part-time jobs when they were teenagers, working through high school, things like that. They learned to not only make money, but to spend a whole lot less on their lifestyle than what they made so that they could save up for things so that they could avoid debt. Now, I'm not the world's greatest father. I'm sure there's a lot of areas that I've fallen short in. But for the most part, my kids are discipline savers and they know how to earn. And the reason I bring this all up now is one of the methods that a couple of my kids used to earn money was while they were in college, they did something called summer sales. Now, again, this is not for the faint of heart. This is actual hardcore selling, good old-fashioned, old-school, door-to-door, knocking on people's doors and selling some type of a service, like something like pest control or security systems, you know, something along those nature that would be peddled by a door-to-door salesman. It's not easy work. 
It requires a great deal of discipline, but based on the experience that a couple of my sons have had and experiences that I know that other people have had, it is something that it gives you the opportunity to spend you know, two and a half or three months during the summer earning an honest living. I think if you work hard and you're disciplined at it and you're persistent, you'll make at least $10,000. I know kids that have made a lot more. But what I really like about this job, more so than, than just the earnings potential, it's what it teaches you. And it teaches you the essence of selling. You know, your success, no matter what you do, is really going to be determined on how good of a salesman you are. As we go through life, we're always selling our ideas. We're selling our ideas to our children. We're selling our ideas to spouses, to our employers, to our clients and customers. It's all about sales. And so by engaging in a job like this over the summer, you develop some lifelong skills as a salesman. And then because this type of a job is all commission-based, you also learn how to be an entrepreneur and you learn if being an entrepreneur is something that you're cut out for. So there's a lot of life lessons in this. Again, I want to caution, this is not something for the faint of heart. It's very hard work, but it can have some good payoffs. I personally never did summer sales as a young man, but 37 years ago, I did spend one summer after high school at a place called Paris Island, South Carolina. That was Marine Corps boot camp. Now, they didn't teach me anything about selling there, but I did learn a lot of life skills there. And it isn't something that I would want to go through again, and it isn't something that I necessarily enjoyed at the time. But looking back all these years later, I do see how it had a positive influence on my life. And so while summer selling isn't quite Marine Corps boot camp, I think it's a great opportunity for the right person. The reason I'm bringing this up is that I happen to know of an opportunity for summer sales jobs in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, if you live there, this might be something you want to do. If you don't live there, but you can get yourself there, this is also something you might want to consider because the company that's offering this selling opportunity will help you out with finding some local housing if you're not from the area. Generally, what they do is they'll bring together, you know, four guys that are there for the summer selling and they'll help get you in an apartment. In any case, I don't know the details. I've never done it. I do know the young man that's uh, recruiting for that area and is going to be leading that team. So if you're a hard worker, if you're looking for a summer sales job that would probably be sometime in the summer months around maybe May through August, get in touch with me through wealthsteading.com. I'm not affiliated with this in any way, but I did want to pass this on because I know a lot of you have asked me how my kids have paid for their college education. This is one of them. So let me know at wealthsteading.com. I will pass your information under the guy that's recruiting this team, and then you guys will work out the details yourself. I'm not affiliated with it, don't have anything to do with it. If you decide to do it and hate it, don't blame me. So, hey, let's jump into the market real quick. The only thing that I want to mention about the market is that nothing's really changed. Uh, the market gap down today, it, all the markets were down very low, uh, more than 25 to 3% throughout the day. The NASDAQ was worse off than the Dow Jones Industrial Average. That's part of that sector rotation we just discussed in the, in the previous episode where people are moving from more risky assets to less risky assets. On a positive note, the index has pretty much recovered a lot of the losses. However, it was still an ugly day. Investors Business Daily has moved the market status back into market incorrection. My reading on the whole thing is that the S&P 500 still was able to close above 1850. You'll recall over at investablewealth.com several weeks ago, I put out a blog post 
stating that my delineation, my line in the sand uh, for the difference between this market being in a healthy correction or in a bad bear market territory was that the S&P 500 had to move down below 1850. As long as we stayed above 1850, there really wasn't any reason to panic. Well, today the market did dip below that, but it, it was able to close up slightly higher than that. I think the final number in the S&P 500 was around 1853. So for now, we're still in safe territory. Yes, we're definitely in a correction, and corrections are healthy, and this market is way overdue for one. So the question remains, though, can that 1850 level of support hold up? Or is this market going to crash through that and go lower? And how low will it go? Well, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see if that level of support can be breached. But I'm not very optimistic. I think this market is overvalued. And for it to drop into the 1700s or even down into the 1600s on the S&P 500, I think that's all very likely. Now, I don't know how probable it is. I can't see the future. I don't have a crystal ball. Like I said before, nothing has changed. The market conditions pretty much remain the same. I'm not going to go into them now. If you're unfamiliar with my thoughts on where we're at now and how we got here, go back and listen to previous episodes of the Wellsteading Podcast. Go back at least six months and you'll get a feel for my thoughts on what's causing this market correction and the things that we need to look for to know when we're going to get out of it. Now let's get on to today's main topic, which is Russell Conwell's classic inspirational lecture that he gave, and it was entitled Acres of Diamonds. Now he originally gave this lecture sometime after the Civil War. Russell Conwell was a number of things. He was a soldier in the Civil War. He was a Baptist minister. He was an educator. He's actually the man that founded Temple University in Philadelphia. And throughout his life, as he went out for fundraisers to, to raise money for Temple University and for other projects, and as he tried to motivate people, particularly young people, he told a story about Acres of Diamonds. Now, I first heard this story in 1996, and I heard about it through Earl Nightingale. Now, I'm a very big fan of Earl Nightingale's work. If you're not familiar with Mr. Nightingale, Go look him up. He was really the father and the founder of the modern-day motivational and self-help industry. And in my opinion, he's still the best. He's much better than any of the current people out there today. And while I'm a big fan of virtually everything Earl Nightingale put together, I didn't really fully embrace his story of Acres of Diamonds or his retelling of the classic story of Russell Conwell's Acre of Diamonds. And the reason I, I didn't embrace it is because I'm a cynic. I heard the story and I said, ah, that's kind of a nice little story. But, you know, to me, it sounds like uh, kind of a fanciful faith-promoting legend. And so I kind of ignored it. Well, let me tell you, as I look back years later, as I say, I first heard this in 1996. You know, to this day, I'm not 100% sure whether the original story of Acres of Diamonds is true or not. I mean, it's definitely true that Russell Conwell told it and promoted it, and that he raised a lot of money, and that he inspired a lot of people, and that it helped him build and found Temple University. That part's all true. But as far as the actual story of Acres of Diamonds, which I'll get into in a minute, I'm not sure if that's true. And that was one of the things that held me back years ago. When I first heard it, I was like, ah, it's kind of hokey. It's a little bit of a myth. I'm not going to really apply it to my life. Well, as I've reflected and thought back on my life, I'll tell you what, I don't know whether that story, Acres of Diamonds, is true or not, but it doesn't matter. 
I think the essence of the story is true, and I think if you take it to heart and apply it in your own life, you'll be well ahead of the game, and it will help you building your success and your net worth and your wealth. So what the heck am I talking about? What is the Acres of Diamonds all about? Well, this is a story, or this is at least my remembrance of this story. Many years ago, there was once a farmer in Africa. I believe he was in South Africa. And his obsession was to find diamonds and to become wealthy. And so he sold his farm, and with the money that he made from selling his real estate, he traveled the continent of Africa looking for diamonds so that he could make his fortune. Well, as the years passed on and he spent more and more of his money, he never found the diamonds that he was seeking, and he eventually was drowned in a river and he died broke. Well, the story doesn't end there, because as it goes on, we find out that that original farmland that he sold, that on that property, diamonds were found there. And in fact, not only found there, but it became the largest diamond mine in the world. Now, again, is that story true or not? I've heard different versions of it that it may or may not be true. Again, I don't care. Here's the bottom line. And this is what I've learned as I've reflected on my life and I've thought about the opportunities that I've had. And that's that there's a really significant message in that story of Acres of Diamonds. Because what it's trying to teach you is that your fortune is where you are. You know, the grass isn't always greener and you don't always have to travel to the other side of the earth to find your opportunity. Now, as a young man, that's exactly what I did. I couldn't wait to get out of high school and get on with my life. And consequently, that's why I joined the Marine Corps. You heard me tell the story at the beginning of this podcast about how I spent one summer in Paris Island Marine Corps boot camp. Well, the reason I did that was because I wanted to get the heck out of the town I was born in. I wanted to go out and see the world. And joining the military was one of the avenues that I took to get there. And along the other way, I took a lot of other forks in the road and wandered around aimlessly for a lot of, a lot of years, going down dead ends and blind alleys and cul-de-sacs. But I was persistent, and I educated myself, and I never gave up on the belief that I could find my niche and that I could build my wealth. And I ultimately ended up doing that. And that's specifically why I came up with the third wealth building principle is that production is the source of wealth. You see, if you want to be wealthy, if you want to find your acres of diamonds, if you want whatever type of success you're seeking, you're only going to get that by creating products and services that people want and that people are willing to part with their hard-earned dollars to buy from you. It's all about creating the right product and service. And you can create that product and service as an entrepreneur. You can do something totally unique and totally different. Or you can tweak something that someone else has done. Or you can just outright copy what someone else has done. And you don't only have to be an entrepreneur. That same production of products and services are what employees engage in every day. They just don't realize that that's what they're doing. If you're an IT professional or you're an administrative assistant, or you work on an assembly line, you know, no matter what you do, if you're an employee, the only reason your employer is hired you and is paying you is because you're providing a needed product or service, just like you if you were an entrepreneur. Now, there may be less risk involved as the employee, and you may feel that you're, you know, part of a, of a team or maybe just a cog in the wheel or whatever. But the bottom line is, 
is that if you're not providing a product or a service that your employer wants or needs, he's going to fire you. And that's the same thing that happens when you're an entrepreneur. If you're not providing a product and service that your customers and clients want, they're going to fire you by not buying your products and you'll be out of business. So the bottom line to success and to wealth and the foundation of the third wealth building principle is production is the source of wealth. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. It's episode number three of the Wealth Setting Podcast. And how this all relates to the story of the acres of diamonds is that you don't have to travel to the ends of the earth to create or to offer those products and services. In most cases, you're going to be able to start exactly where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. You might be in Vermont or Virginia or Vietnam, but wherever you live, that's where you should get started. And the more you postpone it or the more you look for greener grass somewhere else, the longer it's going to take you to find that success that you want. Again, this is something that it took me a lot of years to realize. And it wasn't only when I left my hometown to go join the Marine Corps, but it was later in my life as well. As I looked through corporate America at different jobs that I was trying to, uh, you know, rise up the ladder on or different geographic areas that I wanted to move to to start my business or I felt I couldn't start the business where, where I was at. Well, that was all wrong. Looking back with 2020 hindsight and the maturity that I currently have now, I realized that whenever I was really ready, I could have started a successful business in any of those places that I lived. Uh, it didn't matter geographically. It didn't matter my age. It didn't matter my circumstance. If I would have taken the opportunity, there's not a doubt in my mind that it would have taken me down the path of success. Now, that particular enterprise maybe I would have started when I was 18 back in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That may not have made me rich, and that may not have completely worked out, but it would have been a stepping stone that would have taken me to the next opportunity. And had I taken those steps those many, many years ago, I would have ultimately gotten to financial independence quicker than the path that I took. Now, in the long run, it doesn't matter because I got there anyways, and I learned a lot of things along the circuitous, torturous path that I took. But honestly, looking back over these past almost 40 years at this point, I can tell you that if I never left the street that I grew up on, had I put my mind to it, had I used the resources that were available to me then just as a snotty-nosed brat kid, had I applied the third wealth building principle and developed products and services that I was capable of producing then, then there's no doubt in my mind that I would be even more successful and, and have more wealth than I do today. I bring this topic up because, I, as I say, I think it's very important. It's something that I wanted to talk about before we finished out last year. I'd really like you to think about this and take it to heart. Forget about what's happening in the stock market right now. Whether we're in a correction or we're headed to a bear market, in one way or another, it'll work itself out. And you can bet that I'll be looking for opportunities of when I can get back into this market and make money. So think about Russell Conwell's story of Acres of Diamonds. Take the story to heart. Think about the hidden gems and the hidden treasure that exists somewhere very close to the vicinity where you currently live and work. It won't be easy to discover it because if it were, someone else would have found it. But there is a unique opportunity that's waiting for you to exploit. And it's right in your home or in your neighborhood 
are just around the corner from where you live. It might be an opportunity to create a business. It might be an opportunity to go into a uh, interesting job or a career field. It may be the opportunity to get married and form a loving relationship with somebody and, and to create a family. I don't know what it is for you, but I promise you it is there, but you have to look for it and then you have to find it and develop it and refine it. No one's going to do it for you. And if they did, you wouldn't appreciate it and you wouldn't be able to create it into something that's uniquely you, which is really where most of the reward comes from to begin with. It's you creating something that's unique that no one else could create. That's what brings you the satisfaction, and that's also what ultimately brings you the wealth, because the market pays for what's rare, what's unique, what's different. It's all about supply and demand, and you are unique and different than any other human that's ever lived or any human alive now. And so you need to find a thing that you can bring to the marketplace that has your particular spin on it, your personality. That's what the market's looking for. It's that product or service that only you can create. And you can do it whether you live in Dallas or Denver or Des Moines. It's really no more complicated than that. And with that, I'll wrap up today's episode. Thanks so much for joining me. Go out and look for your own acres of diamonds. Until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns.